On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, hate have always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Well, welcome to Monday's Expert. Great to have your company. We're going to have a chat to 19-year-old Jet Stanley very shortly. Jet's uh, an up-and-coming apprentice. His father was a, a great jockey, Brent Stanley. He won a Caulfield Cup and is now a, a successful trainer. Jet's uh, been across to WA uh, for part of his apprenticeship. He's been down to Albury, and he's now based with Annabelle Neesham here in Sydney. He's on the line now for a chat. Good morning, Jet. Good morning, guys. How are you? Very well, mate. Great to speak to you. Uh, and congratulations on your first Sydney Metropolitan winner on Saturday on board Healing Oasis. Uh, let's start there because you turned 19 on the day of the race. Uh, what a fantastic birthday present that was. Yeah, absolutely. It was a terrific birthday. Um, I thought at the start of the day's track work, it's it turning out to be a very dim day with seven rides and down, down to three rides with, with the scratching to the tractors getting heavy with the rain, but it ended up on a good note and was able to go home happy. Absolutely, mate. Now, there's a little bit of a knack with you in birthdays because when you turned 17, you won a race at Ascot, and that was your first winner. Yeah, when I turned 17, the, the day before I turned 17, I, I rode my first winner um, at Ascot, which was which is amazing. And then on my 18th birthday, I rode a winner up in Geraldton, and, and on my 19th birthday, I rode one. Very chill. So, so far, my birthday's pretty good. <laughs> good, sad. We're going to have to put that in the form guide. When you turn 20, punters are going to bet up on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hopefully I can get one up there. Mate, let's start at the beginning um, as well, because uh, it, racing's in your blood, isn't it, with your father being a jockey? Yeah, absolutely. My dad was a jockey since he was 15 years old, and his dad, my pop, um, James, Jimmy, he was, a, he was a jockey as well with his brothers and you know, it's a family tradition. I think I'm the 24th or 25th family to be a jockey. Um, then there was another one, my cousin Will. He's he's just gone into a professionals um, as a jockey as well, and I reckon there'll be a few more along the way. Mate, amazing uh, family, an amazing racing family. Tell us about your upbringing early on. When was the first time you you sat on a thoroughbred? Uh, the first time I sat on a thoroughbred, oh, just on and off. You know, when I'd go to the track with Dad when. When he was still riding, and then he started riding track work, um, and then he started doing his, you know, assistant trainer job. So I just sat on horses every so often, and then once he brought the property out at Sutton Grange, I, I started riding track work when I was about 14 years old, um, and just started riding pony at the start, and then just worked up into the racehorse, and then had my first uh, jump out when I was about 15, and then I did a year of them, and then when I was 16, did more of them, then moved to Perth. Um, with Grant Lyle-Williams, which I was very fortunate fortunate enough to do so, and, and then it just kicked off after that. And look forward to hearing about your time in, in Perth shortly, uh, but tell us about the property and growing up out on the land, because now you're in the city, I'm sure it's an entirely different world, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, growing, out, growing up on a 30,000-acre property with a, with a home racetrack and, and stables and cows and sheep and you know, all that was so much fun. You had the quad bikes and the utes and the motorbikes and used to ride me ponies through the bushland. So it was really, really good growing up there and really learnt my horsemanship probably out there because we used to do the breakers mm. at the property. So I was, I was breaking in horses when I was very young and was able to, able to keep going, going on with that out there. Tell us where the property was. 30,000 acres, that's a fair bit of land. Sorry, I think it was 3,000. Oh, 3,000. 3,000, no, my bad. I was, I was that's okay, mate. 
we lived we lived on still big next to the winery that we used to drive in and out of that um, was another another person's winery, but we just counted that because we used to use that as it, as our land as well. So. Awesome. Out of that in, but um, yeah, no, I was in Sutton Grange, about 30 minutes out of Bendigo, so right in the centre of Victoria. And brothers and sisters? Uh, yeah, I've got two little sisters, uh, Lulu and Lexi. They're probably my biggest supporters I've got. How good's that, mate? And are they interested in racing as well? Um, look, I reckon the youngest one, Lexi, she's nine turning ten. Um, she She's as mad as a cut snake, so I reckon <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be ready ready for the races. But uh, Lulu... Lulu's a bit, she's 15, she's, she's really deciding yes or no, but after the race, if I give her a call, she would have watched replays and she would have known if I if I rode one bad or rode one good and she'll, she'll give me a spray or something and it's good to hear it off her, to see her get, get the love for it. That's the best part of family, mate. They always keep us honest, don't they, Jet? Uh, now, tell me, is this true? Your nickname that your mum gave you growing up was Jetty Spaghetti. Jetty Spaghetti, yep, that was my <laughs> That was my nickname by my mother, yeah. Um, she actually made a business off it and used to sell kids' toys, clothing and accessories and stuff, and she made quite a good business off of the name Jetty Spaghetti Design. So. That's awesome. Do you reckon that might yeah. catch on in the Sydney Jockeys Room, uh, or do you want it to catch on? Oh, look, probably not that one, but, you know, <laughs> a nickname's a nickname, you get them for a reason, and you don't get to choose them, you just go with them. How important has your father's mentoring been, mate, uh, in your career when you started riding horses and then started as an apprentice? Oh, he's, he's been my downfall to everything. Like He's the groundwork of everything I've been able to achieve. Without him, I don't think I would have been able to do anything that I've done so far. He's not just my father. He's my mentor. He's my best mate. Um, whenever, after race day, going through the race, I call him. He's... Just everything racing and then everything lifestyle as well. He's always the one to go to. He's always been there to look out for me and, and be able to point me in the right direction. So he's been a really, really big and beneficial part of my of my life. What was his advice when you got knocked back uh, from an apprenticeship in Victoria? What what was that process like and what was your dad saying to you? I'm sure he was getting in your ear and saying, mate, don't worry about it. There's there's other opportunities. Yeah, he was, he was very much... Um, well, we are all in a bit of a standstill at that point in time. Um, so I was at that stage of school where if I if I wanted to move away, it had had to have been then. Um, or if I wasn't going to move away, I would have had, I would have finished school and and then have to go back and look at look at wanting to go back into riding after school. Um, and I'm not I'm not short. And I was I was quite tall at that stage, and we didn't know if I was going to get heavy or not. And it was the only thing I wanted to do. So I think with Grant. Um, living with us for a, a long period of time with his horses down in Victoria for the All-Star Mile and, and all those Group 1 races and him staying with us at our property. I think with him there and him offering up the apprenticeship, I think the decision was made quite clearly with that. Um, and Dad was 100% all in with it and it was really good to be able to do that. We're talking to Jet Stanley on Monday's Experts this morning. So uh, your father, Brenton, and Grant, they were obviously friends. Um, was that prior to, to Grant uh, staying with you guys for that period when he had runners in Victoria? Actually, no. He was. Um, we we knew knew of him, and you know everyone in racing is quite close, but you never really know them personally. And um, he has a, a beautiful property out in Carn up in WA, and, and he had a hill track with sand, a sand hill track, um, which he trained his horses on. So he was, he was trying to look for a place with a hill track. And, yeah, you know, he's thought of packing them in his 
and then Ballarat and uh, all those places. I wasn't able to find a place until someone put him onto my dad, who had, you know, own private property with the 750 metres straight uphill. Um, so, and just with that being in there, Grant started talking to Dad, and he, he came over, and, and the friendship formed really quickly. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're lifelong friends now. It's wonderful, mate. And you made the move across uh, to WA. You based yourself in Perth with Grant and Alana, and. It was your third race ride uh, as a 17-year-old that you won on Trevello at Ascot. You can tell us about that as well, but I wanted to ask about the amazing vision that circulated on social media of yourself. Um, I think Grant was in the, the video, a couple of his kids maybe it was, and the emotion, not from only yourself, but, but from everyone sharing that wonderful moment with you. Tell us about that. Yeah, look, um, I still get goosebumps and everything every time I... I watch it or, or talk about it or anything. It's probably one of the most amazing feelings I've ever had, you know, working your whole life for one goal just to ride your first winner and, and to be able to do that. And also my best my best mate from since he was born and when I was born, Ed Corston, Troy Corston's son, yep. he flew over and, and he's never strapped a horse before and he, he got his licence and he strapped, he strapped Tra- Travello for me and we, I rode my first winner and he strapped his first winner and just the scenes afterwards was amazing. We're all in tears, just of excitement and joy. And I don't think, unless I write a group one winner, I think it'll be hard to get those expressions up again. I can understand the emotion because you were told, no, look, mate, you're too tall for an apprenticeship in Victoria. Sorry. Um, but you didn't give up. You you looked for another option. You found that in Ascot with Grant and Alana. And, and years down the track, uh, you're making a great fist of this riding caper. And from what you've just said, there, there was no other option for you. Uh, you. It's it's what you wanted to do, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. There was no other option. Um, you know, when I was from about the age of 15 till I moved over to Perth, um, my mum was always, you know, she was always fully committed to me. She used to drive me around when I was a kid to shows, competing. Uh, I used to do a lot of show jumping and games and cross country and all of that. So she used to drive me around the countryside of Victoria every weekend, week in, week out. And, um, you know, every time we're going there, she should always bring up, oh, you could be a veterinarian or, oh, you could be a doctor or you could be a lawyer. She'd always bring up something else and every time I'd just turn it down as, as quick as it came up. Um, I just wanted to be a jockey and that's, that's all it was ever going to be. Tell us about riding in Perth. Uh, you were there for a number of months. Yeah, I was there for about 18 months. When I moved over there, I had a fractured humerus. I broke that clean in half in a trial in in Victoria, I never fell off the horse. It just snapped while I was riding, and I had to pull it up. And I pulled it up and got off it, and, and went to the hospital and got it all fixed up and moved over there with a broken humor. So I was still out for six months from when I moved over there, um, and then I started doing trials and stuff. So I think I was there for 18 months in total, and only rode for about, I think maybe eight of them. So it was it was quite a long stint, and wasn't able to see my family due to COVID. So that really took the toll out on me as a young, very young kid. I can I can relate. Um, a lot of us were separated from family during COVID. It was tough, um, and particularly when you're a young person. How did you how did you cope with that? I'm sure being um, close to Grant, uh, as you outlined earlier, that his support would have been paramount during those times. Yeah, during those times, you know, Grant was Grant was a father figure, but he was also my boss. So living with them as well, I was able to live with them. I think it was a bit hard for us to figure out which one was going to be was going to be boss or father figure, but we worked out that he was going to be my boss and mentor and, and Alana came in as the mother figure and Alana was a super person and we all just we all just formed into 
one big family with their with their daughter Tani. Um, she's like my little sister now, so we're all really close and we're still in contact. So it's it's really good to be able to have those friends. Oh, it's wonderful, mate. Um, and these passages of your life, uh, living in different parts of Australia, parts of the world, uh, even um, it it grows you as a person, doesn't it? Yeah, I understand. Um, you know, I moved over there not knowing how to do laundry and, <laughs> and you know, and or cook or anything like that. And I've come back, and when I was back over, I, I saw my family, and when I'd see them, I'd cook and clean up and everything. And, and you know, mum was mum was very much in surprise after I could do that. So it, it grows you not just as a writer, but as a, as a person in in general. But to be able to move away from home at a young age and, and grow up quite quickly. You then went to Albury with Mitch Beer. Um, I'm sure he had you cooking and cleaning for him as well. He's a, a great trainer, but I'm not sure he's the greatest cook, is he, Mitch? Oh, you know what? The air fry come in, come in really <laughs> handy with me, Mitch. Um, we, we lived together the time I was in Albury, and it, it was a really good experience there. You know, it was a lot of fun, and, and I was able to really good my name up myself in the country around New South Wales. So it was, it was really good being there for such a top stable and, you know, with top people. That's brilliant, mate. Um, living in Albury, you, you've obviously enjoyed that experience as well, and now you're in the big city. We touched on it at the start of the interview, but being a country boy, growing up on a property, and then living in Perth a little bit on a on acreage, and then Albury, now you're in the big smoke of Sydney. How are you handling things here? Yeah, look, I'm handling things really nicely. Every, everything's going well. Everything at Annabelle's been really, really great. Um, everyone's so nice, and and Rob and Annabelle and everyone, all the foremans and the assistant trainers and all the staff, everyone gets along and it's, it's been a really good experience. The only thing I've had trouble with is the traffic and, and trying to make You'll never get used to that, mate. I've been here 13 years and it doesn't get easy. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to get, to get to point A and point B. It's just been a bit of a struggle with the traffic. But yeah. Apart from that, it's been, it's been amazing. That's Sydney. Um, we touched on it again at the start of the interview, but to get that... Sydney Metropolitan winner. I know you'd won a Metropolitan race, obviously, in Perth, but to get that one under the belt um, is another feather in your cap, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. You know, I rode, I rode some city winners in Perth, but there was a lot more city racing in Perth. You raced in the city two times a week, and it was a bit of a smaller smaller circle. And to be able to come over, while I was at Albury, I was able to ride a winner for Anthony and Sam Bremen down at Mooney Valley, which was something. And then just to be able to move up to my first win for my boss to be at Rose Hill, was, it was an amazing feeling. And I feel like I've really improved in my riding and I'm finally getting to the stages where I, I need to be. You said you always wanted to be the jockey, uh, be a jockey. What do you love the most about riding racehorses? I think it's just the thrill you get. Um, whenever you're on a horse, you're on a 500 kilogram animal with just pure muscle and explosion just waiting to let loose. And, to be able to hold onto a horse and, and just let go and the turn of foot they've got and the speed you go and when you're around other horses and so competitive it's just it, it's another feeling that I, I don't think I can explain it it's a feeling that I think a lot of ex jockeys miss um, and jockeys now whenever you're not in a race you just, you just want the feeling even more mm, absolutely and what's it like sitting in the room with the likes of McDonald and these top class Sydney jocks look to be able to sit in a room with you know, the McDonald's, the Craig Williams, the Brett Crable, all, all of them, the top Sydney jockeys and all worldwide top jockeys. Um, it's, it's another it's another level from going from the Aubrey jockeys rooms up to the Sydney jockeys rooms. It, it makes you switch on and focus even more 
as a rider to be able to put yourself into that position and put yourself into a competitive position against them. Absolutely. Jet, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning, mate. You're a, a really good young man. You've got a great family behind you by the sound of it, and I just love hearing uh, passionate young people in this great industry of ours. So I wish you the, all the very best in your career and look forward, forward to following your journey. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Pleasure, mate. There's Jet Stanley on today's Monday's Experts.